Please. Are you ready? So, 
I also believe what Abraham Lincoln said. And I like a preacher that acts like he's like bees when he's preaching. Hey, that's me. I, I do. I do want to slow down just a little bit in the beginning. I promise you, I'll ramp it up. Don't, don't fall asleep on me. Want to lay a little bit of a foundation on life, what God has given me for this service. Hebrews chapter number ten, verse number thirty-two. The word of the Lord speaks to us, and it says, "But call to remembrance the former days." In which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. Did anybody live that when they first got saved? Have any afflictions when you first got, got saved? It's all right, don't be loud, it's all right, be in church. Partly whilst you were made a gazing stop, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly. Whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. You got, you got new friends. Amen. You had to leave some relationships behind. And some, some people behind. And you endured some stuff because of that. Amen. Right, you say amen. It's okay. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully joyfully the spoiling of your goods. You lost some stuff. But this is what the writer says. Knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Amen. It didn't matter what you lost. Because I've got full confidence that I'm going to gain something back. That's right. But he says in verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Amen. Now hold on to your pew for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Yes, amen.
there, there used to be a time when, when all we had in the city of Forsyth, Georgia was Hamburger Hill. It, it was McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, and Harvey's. But now, there are six pizza places in a city of less than 2,000 people. There are six pizza places. You like pizza places. There are two waffle houses. And somebody decided to sell the Hubble house. There was a time when we had about four grocery stores. In my, in my house. Choices. Go anywhere you want. I, I remember being a kid. I'm 35. I'll be 35 this year. And I remember Donald. We got the Superstations when we could watch the Blades. We got WGN so my mom could watch the Cubs. Yell at the umpire as if he could hear And we got PBS. And God help me with the president. Because there wasn't going to be any gun smoke and there wasn't going to be any cartoons. And now today, if you go up to this network or wherever, you can get 500 channels. A hundred of them are music, but you can get 500 channels to watch on television. Who has that much time? And when that wasn't enough, now we've got streaming. So we can go to Hulu, or we can go to Voodoo, and we can go to... Amazon Prime, and you can get Netflix or Discovery Plus or Disney Now. There's Disney Now. Plus. <laughs> but when it comes to your soul, there are only two choices. There's not a plurality, there's not a myriad of Choices. There's not a list for which you can choose. There's only two. In your life, you will choose between light and darkness. You will choose truth or error. You will choose right or wrong. You will choose not from Hundreds of different religions. This is a completely different sermon series. No pastor doesn't even talk to me about it anymore because I just talk about it all the time. But there, there, there's only two religions, church. There's the worship of Jehovah and there's the worship of Baal. That's right. That's it. As a matter of fact, in 1 Kings chapter number 8, the prophet Elijah came and said to all the people, How long? Halt you between two opinions. If the Lord, if Jehovah is God, follow him. And if Baal, follow him. It's two choices. Jesus said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and men. There's no third choice. There's no third option. 
You will either choose to serve God or you will serve the flesh. Galatians says it this way. Paul writing to that church, he said, For this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, but flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one, the other. You'll either serve God or Baal, you'll either serve Flesh or spirit, you'll even serve God or man. Those are the only choices you'll have. And there comes a time in my life, and there comes a time in your life, and there comes a time in every soul's life where you must decide who you will serve. You can't find a middle ground. There's no third option. The Bible said the prophet of old saw the, the temple of God. He said, I saw the temple and I saw a wall. And it separated between the holy place and the profane. There was no purgatory. There was no gray area. There was no demilitarized zone. There was no space. You're either in the church or you're out of the church. You're either serving God or you're serving the world. There's no middle ground. And there comes a time when you've got to make up your mind that you're going to serve one or the other. Amen. Joshua said to the people of Israel before they went over into the promised land, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the blood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want somebody to know I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided that I'm going to serve God. I've made up my mind that I'm going to live for the Lord. And you've got to make up your mind today that I will serve God. Amen. Amen. I'm here to tell somebody that there's never been a better time to live for the Lord. There's never been another better day to make up your mind that I'm going to serve God. The prophet Joel said multitudes, multitudes standing in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord draws nigh in the valley of decision. Don't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow may not come. Choose you this day who you'll serve. Make up your mind today that I'm going to serve the Lord. What happens next? For the saints of God who have decided to follow Jesus, who dress the part, look the part, act the part, talk the part, pay their tithes, come to church, sing in the choir, preach the gospel, teach Sunday school, drive the bus, hand out tracts, get Bible studies, knock on doors, go to conference, go to camp, who listen to only gospel music. What happens to those individuals? What's to become of the believer? If, if you get online and you read what preachers are saying today, 
Well, for the most part, it's about pursuing your earthly passions. There, there's one unnamed preacher from Houston, Texas, stone who I'm talking about. It says, live your best life today. Well, holy, holy ghost, I, I think I'm going to live my best life on the other side. But, 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 but that, that's the message. Pursue your earthly passions. Track down your temporary treasures. And believe that prosperity is for me. But persecution is for somebody else. Here to tell somebody two roads diverge. And I can't travel both. There's a time when you're going to stand in the fork in the road as a saint of God. And your faith is going to be tried. Y'all want to help me now? You'd be all right. Your faith is going to be tried. The road's going to split. And you're going to have to make up your mind. There's only two paths. You can either backslide or you can be steadfast. Come on, if you got in the church and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you've got the Holy Ghost, trials will come. Tribulation will come. Sore will come. Heartache will come. Heartbreak will come. People will forsake you. People will leave you. Friends will not won't talk to you anymore. You may have to give up some stuff in this life. And there's a path that's going to split. And you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to go to backslide. But I'm going to be steadfast. And I'm going to love you for the command of the Lord. The wise man of old wrote to us in Proverbs 14 and said, There he is. A way which seemeth right unto a man. There's a pathway that looks okay. It makes sense. A lot of folks are going down that direction. It makes more sense to my flesh to go after the job or go to go after the career or to go after the thing that makes me feel good. But the writer says, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But I'm going to tell you that same wise man of old said, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shining more and more until the perfect day when the road diverges ahead of you and you're unsure which one to take. Be mindful of the direction you go because if the world is going there, that's not where you want to go. You want to get on the straight path. You want to get on the narrow path. You want to get on the path. Amen. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And listen, and many there be which goeth in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be that find it. I'm going to tell you today it's a road less traveled, but at the end of the road is a city that's built on foundation. And I'm going to tell
been Pentecost in my life, whole life. Fourth generation, my kids are fifth generation Pentecost. Backsliding is a word I've heard an awful lot. Usually it's used as a pejorative for people who are absolute themselves that feel like they've got to talk about somebody else. Mm. But backsliding is just, just a real thing. It means this. Oh, get ready. This ain't Greek, but this ain't Hebrew. Barely in English. To backslide means to slide back. <laughs> it means to, to fall away. Now, now, the Bible doesn't actually use the term backslide, but it. What, what it uses is what the apostle wrote to the church of the, uh, to the Hebrews. He says they draw back. They draw back unto perdition. They, they, they draw back to absolute ruin. Now the just shall live by faith, he said. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. A memorable example that you all know in your, in, your, in your Bible is a story of a man named Judas. The Bible lets us know in the book of John, chapter 17, that Jesus went to pray before he was going to be arrested and taken to, to the court to be convicted and ultimately crucified. Jesus went to the garden to pray. And this is one of the things that he prayed in John 17, 11. And now... I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep the, through thine own name those whom thou hast given unto me, that they may be one as we are. Well, there's some oneness in there right there. That they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name, those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition. Why? That the scripture may be fulfilled. The scene of the Last Supper in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter number 22, this is what the physician tells us in his narrative. He says, now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. Listen, being of the number of the twelve. Being of the number of the twelve. If you take out and, and expand a little bit further on the definition of backsliding, it is to abandon gradually. Nobody backslides overnight. Nobody. Makes a decision on the spur 
sua backsla. Nobody that's buried their face in the altar is going to backslide. That's right. But why do people backslide? Because gradually we leave the altar behind. Why do we draw back? Because gradually the Word of God starts meaning a little bit less and less to us. And gradually we start missing church by a little here and a little bit there. Nobody quits church or not. That's why Jude when he wrote, said this, but ye beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And he said, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's why it's important to be in the house of God every time the door is open. That's why it's important that when the altar call is given, you find your way to the front and get a touch of God. That's why it's important when the songs are being sung, you get to your feet and you give God all your praise. That's why it's important that you get to your prayer closet every day. That's why it's important that you listen to the songs of dying. That's why it's important that you feed your soul because you got to keep your Part of the backslide from the altar. But this is what happens in Judas's life. We start all the way at the beginning in Luke chapter number 6. The Bible lets us know that Jesus has called all of his disciples together. And of all the disciples that were following Jesus, he had picked 12. And among them was a man named Judas, the son of Simon, carry off. Judas was present for three and a half years. He saw every miracle. He was there to partake of the leftovers of the lambs. He was in the boat when a storm almost kept, uh, tossed it over. He was there to do every trial. He was there in the dust. He was there in the dirt. He was living wherever Jesus went. Jesus sent them out with power to heal. No doubt, being one of the twelve, Judas had that same point. So where then does Judas go wrong? The Bible tells us that there's a paradigm shift. We don't really know. We don't really know what happened in Judas' life, what the tipping point was. But when Mary came to him on the feet of Jesus, took that ointment great value and she prayed it and anointed Jesus' Judas piped up said why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and get to the poor this he said not that he cared for the poor but because he We don't really know. The Bible doesn't tell us when this shift in his mindset started. Surely Jesus would not have called a thief, an open thief, to be a preacher. No, no, no. Somewhere 
in Judas's life, something shifted. Something happened. When Jesus called them, he said, I want you to heal the sick, <laughs> cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. But he says this in Matthew 10 and 9, but provide no gold nor silver nor brass in your purse. Nor sprint for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet stays. And the workman is worthy of his meat. And I present to you tonight that at some point in Judas' life, mammon became more valuable than Messiah. And when he stood at the diversion of the roads, and I can go down the road less traveled with the twelve, and I can follow Messiah, and I can follow him whithersoever he goes, somebody else will be the one to betray him. But I'm going to follow him. He looked down that other more well-trodden road. He looked down that other more well-trodden pathway where mammon and money and stuff because getting called to be a preacher meant that you were going to have to go through some stuff and being called to be a saint of God meant that you were going to have to endure to the end. And it just wasn't worth it. I'd rather have silver and gold. I'd rather have the stuff the world has to offer. Jesus looked at his disciples that night after celebrating Passover, and he said to them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lack ye anything? And they said, No. We didn't lack a thing. We always had exactly what we needed. But mind you, there's one person missing from this city. Because the one who had traded the temporary for the eternal. The one who had traded eternity with God for temporary holding of 30 pieces of silver was no longer present with them. And Jesus said, the one that was the thief. The one that was taking the money is gone. But for the rest of you, even though you didn't have worldly riches, even though you didn't have big houses and land, even though you didn't have a bunch of stuff, did you ever lack anything? And those that were faithful, and those that stayed with the Lord, said, Lord, we never lacked anything. I'm here to tell you, I've never lacked a meal. I've never gone hungry. I've never gone without a house. Amen. I will have a brand new truck. I will drive a Mercedes Benz. I will live in a 5,000 square foot house. I'm not the president. I'm not a millionaire. I go do some stuff in my life, but I wouldn't take nothing for my journey.
decided to coin the and find a separate narrative that happens in the very same passage of Scripture. That last supper, that last earthly meal that Jesus will eat with his disciples. Before he went to Calvary. They sing a hymn and they wash the in a church. And as the evening drew to a close, our Lord looked over to another man. Another man who was filled. Sign. Sign. Hold. Satan desired in heaven. That he may sit you. Simply was to agitate that whole burden. Sear. Bring the stay. All the good stuff and save the pain and all the shame. All the uselessness with both. All the fluff, all the pump. All the good things that you have. Jesus said, Son. Sounds a little bit like Job 1. Almost like he said, he's asked if he could come this I don't know. I don't know what he said. Simon, the devil wants you. And he wants to come and see what you made of He wants to see whether or not you're the real deal. Bill McCoy, whether your faith is true. Whether when you told me and I asked you who say you that I am, and you said you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He wants to come and try you to see what you're made of. Are you really a Christian? Are you really sold out? Are you really bought in? Are you really living for eternity? Or is this all just the show? Peter, I'm sure, or Simon here probably wondered where Jesus was going with this. But because Jesus is God, God fills all space and time, he moves a few short hours and pass. And Peter would deny him knowing. Not that he would lose his faith, but that he would lose his courage. And he says unto Peter, I tell thee, Peter, God shall not crow this day before that thou hast shall thrice deny that thou knowest it. Peter, the devil wants to sift you. And when you fail and you deny me, your enemy is going to come to you and terrorize you. He's going to beat you with it. He's going to be your accuser. You're going to have to look this thing eyeball to eyeball. You're going to go through some stuff. Your faith is going to 
to be challenged. We fail. We fall. We go through hardship. Prayers don't get answered. Friends leave us. Relationships fall apart. Our children walk away. We lose jobs. We lose homes. Things are down. Cars go bad. People disappoint us. People we trusted disappoint us. Cancers don't get healed. We bury our loved ones, hardship, heartache, misery, dilemma. What else? But notice what Jesus says. He says, Simon, I pray for you. Yeah. 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 
here and get thrown in the towel and give it up. So you're not in prayer for you. When you're not in the altar, when the word of God, when those, those pages are not gone here, where you've been going back when there's no marks in your Bible, where you've been highlighting and writing down notes. You know, when you walk out of prayer and you the call, when you step out when it's time for preaching, when you decide, oh, I don't need to go to midweek, I don't need to be here for Bible study. Oh, I, I, I don't got to show up for that. Know, that's that's when faith begins to fail. But I'm here to tell somebody in this house uh, if you'll get in the church, uh, if you'll be in church every time the doors are open, if you'll be in the altar every time the altar call is given, if you'll worship whatever song, whether it's fast or slow, whether it's new or old, whether it's in book or on YouTube, if you'll get in the church uh, and you'll worship God in every situation, if you'll worship Him when you're rich, uh, and worship Him when you're flat, busted, broken, if you'll pay the tithes when you got more money than money, if you'll get the missions. Uh, when you can't even put in the money for the tires, I mean to tell somebody you made the sword and you'll never take the run. Go travel. Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, after you stay faithful, after you've run the race, after you've stayed in the church, after you've kept, oh my God, after you've kept the faith, Paul said, I have kept the faith, therefore there is a crown of life, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not be to me only, but unto all those who love his appearing. I'm here to tell somebody today, it's going to be worth it all if you will not. Amen. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise for yet a little while. Just a little while longer. Just a few more days in travel. Just a few more days to labor. The other way will suffer your nomination. Just a few more days of traveling. Just a few more days of trial. Just a few more days of burning bodies. Just a few more days of sickness. Just a few more days without that love heart that you have. And he that shall come will come and will not carry somebody in the water shot. Corruption, 
and this mortal must put on immortality. So then this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, church, therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, send me a people, clear into the air, and do the Lord sound of Yeah, just turned on. Let's see. 